Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and joining me is LPJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teacher professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right. Thank you again, everybody, for joining us live this morning here on the Women of Golf Show. Just a couple of quick notes. Uh, Cindy will not be on the show this morning. She had a previously uh, scheduled uh, engagement, so she's not going to be joining me here uh, this morning uh, to do the show. And uh, one other announcement, um, next week, of course, we were off last week to observe the the, uh, July uh, 4th holiday. Um, And next week, I'm going to be away on vacation, uh, long overdue, so... Uh, we're not going to decide not to do a show next week. So we'll be back the following week uh, and continue on with our regularly weekly scheduled broadcast. So, uh, again, no show next week, uh, but we are uh, obviously or I'm doing one this week, and I've got a great guest coming on here. Let me just uh, tell you a little bit about her, and then uh, I will bring her on, and we'll, we'll get into this morning's discussion. Uh, she was actually on the show uh, just, a, I guess, a little over, about a, approximately about a month ago, um, talking, of course, about... Uh, uh, golf professional Perrine Delacour. Uh, she's uh, 25 and a native of France. Uh, she was a rookie both on the Symmetra Tour and the LPGA Tour back in 2013. Uh, played uh, golf beginning at the age of nine and is a member of the French national team. Uh, she had a total of 68 starts on the LPGA Tour entering into the 2019 season with a career best finish uh, solo fourth at the 2015 Kings Mill Championship. Uh, as I mentioned, she was on a few weeks ago. Uh, she was the winner of the Four Wins Invitational, which was her first uh, professional event on the Symmetra Tour. And uh, she's back again because the week before last, uh, she captured her second win uh, in, in a month uh, on this season at the Prasco Charity Championship. So she's uh, got her second win uh, in, in a month's time. So we're very excited to have her back on the show. So let me welcome uh, this morning's special guest, Perrin Delacour. Perrin, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, first and foremost, congratulations on another win and uh, being the champion at the Prasco Charity Championship. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So um, let me ask you, uh, obviously, uh, an obvious question, uh, as I was just mentioning in the opening uh, uh, credits here. Uh, a month ago, you were looking for your first win, um, and of course, you, you managed to do that at the uh, Four Wins Invitational. Uh, fast forward a month, uh, and now you're celebrating your second win. Uh, how does it feel to have two wins in a month's time? Uh, it's really feeling good. Um, my game was really good the, the month of June, so I just take the advantage advantage of it. Um, but it's really, it's really. I'm really happy about it, and it's kind of funny because I started the month of June without a win, and I end up with two wins. So I'm really happy and proud of <laughs> about myself. Yeah, and and you know what? It's it's hard, you know, as we've talked about before when you were on the last time. You know, when you're trying to get that that first win, um, you know, that's always uh, a, a difficult uh, you know struggle sometimes because you're competing against 
you know, some other uh, top-notch uh, uh, players on tour. Uh, but then to turn around and, and reinforce it with another win, um, that's obviously uh, just sort of, again, reinforces that confidence. Um, and I want to talk to you uh, about that a little bit. Uh, you beat the rest of the field in this tournament, uh, the Prasco tournament, um, closest being seven shots back. Did your win four weeks ago at the Four Wins Invitational give you that extra boost of confidence going into the Prasco event? Uh, yeah, it really did it. Uh, well, the second round, I was just playing fantastic. So I was just like, couldn't believe it. I shot eight on there, but it was like really good golf and everything. So I was I was confident for sure. But you never know, like until even if I had like uh, coming into the last three holes, I had six shots to the lead. Everybody was saying, "Oh, congrats, you won!" and everything. I was like, "No, I'm not. I'm not winning yet. I'm gonna be a winner when I'm signing my scorecard, and then it's done. It's over." Right, and that's that's some good advice because you know, playing on tour, that it's never over until it's over until that scorecard signed and everybody's off the field because. Anything can happen. I mean, somebody can get a string of birdies coming in the, la- the back nine, or uh, you know, or you could have a few missteps along the way. Um, how over- overall, how was your game throughout the week? I mean, you mentioned the second round was was really solid, but was it pretty solid for for the other rounds as well? Yeah, it was. It was. I was uh, the first one. I was playing good, but I couldn't drop like a lot of putts. And the second round, I was, like, just playing fantastic. And the last round, I started pretty good. And it was kind of hard also for Patty because every time she was making a birdie, I was making birdie too. So it's hard for her to get a comeback because I was not giving her any, like, kind of advantage of her birdie because I was making it too. So it was kind of hard for her. But it was really nice. Yeah, in other words, you weren't opening the door for her to 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 take some advantage of that, and and that makes it difficult, uh, you know, for somebody that that's trying to you know come back and and uh, and and you know get well, up yeah, strokes especially, and that. especially when you start, especially when you start birdie birdie on the last few, the first few holes, she's like, oh shit, I already she already had two birdies, and I'm I'm already like a couple shots behind her. But she right, was a really right. good player, and she was like really enjoyable to play with. Yeah, and that's that is important too. Now, because sometimes, you know, obviously all of the players are are, are nice and good, but some players you just kind of you gel with a little bit better. You know, you you just have a a better rhythm when you're out there playing. And other players, you, you just you know you kind of it's like two two wheels that that uh, aren't you know sort of meshing together. Um, do you find that sometimes when you're out? And I don't want you to name names, of course, but do you find that sometimes you get matched with a player? that maybe, you know, you just don't have the same kind of rhythm or the same uh, personality, and it, and it's just not a good flow. Have you oh, ever yeah, had that yeah, happen yeah. to you? Yeah, you do have that sometimes, and it's hard. And for me, if I have that kind of flair, it's hard because that affects me a lot, so I'm just trying to not pay attention to it. Right. Well, and obviously, optimally, uh, Perrin, you're focusing on your own game. You know, you're not really paying. I mean, you're you're observant of what's going on in their game to a certain point because you want to you know, you know you want to uh, feed off that a little bit. But at the same time, you're so focused and entrenched in your own game, and uh, and making sure that you know when opportunities for birdies or or a, a good putt comes along, you want to make sure you can drop that, as you said. So uh, that's very very important. But 
you know, it, the cold hard reality, we're all human, and sometimes, you know, personality conflicts. Some players are very uh, aggressive on the course, and some are a little bit more laid back. So when you're, when you're matched up with somebody that maybe just doesn't have that same sort of personality or, or a good fit, it, it can be a little bit distracting at times, correct? Yeah, it is. All right, so let's get on. Let's get on to the money side of things a little bit. You move now to the number one spot in the Volvic race for the card with a total of just a little under ninety-seven thousand uh, dollars. Congratulations on that as well. Uh, that's for the season so far, and we're only about ha- little, just a little better than halfway through. Uh, does this give you a little bre- a little breathing room financially for the rest of the season for you? Uh, yeah, of course, yeah, for sure. It's gonna be good. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try my keep my best and then see what I can do. But my goal was to get like at least three wins to get back to LPGA. But now pretty much with two wins, it looks like really good to get back to LPGA. But I'm just gonna do the same as always and then just enjoy it. Right. And now, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got expenses while you're out there, so a lot of this money is going to help with that. But um, do you like to maybe treat yourself a little bit? Um, nothing maybe extravagant, but just treat yourself a little bit because obviously you worked hard for those wins. Um, did you do something special um, for for uh, the wins that you got to treat yourself a little bit? Uh, I haven't done anything yet. I was like, yeah, of course, after I did it just one uh, with, because my parents were with me just before my win in, in the Prasco, but they were with me. So we went to, uh, we went to Chicago, and I, of course, I took a good hotel and everything, but I haven't done anything yet because I'm probably going to have more time during off-season, so I'm just going to do something nice right. during off-season. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, it was nice to have your parents, you said, uh, at the Prasco event, um, but uh, are they? Do they travel a lot with you? Are they able to be there a lot of times, or was just just sort of a um, uh, an opportunity they were able to make it this time? No, they were just making. They were just uh, planning on coming for two weeks. So they were here until the Saturday night of the press. So they couldn't change their flight, so they didn't see my win. Saw my win, but it was nice to having them with me. Yeah, and. And it's difficult because obviously, you know, you're from France and, and you're over here in the United States traveling around, which can be difficult as it is, and not really having a lot of family or close friends um, from back home here to, to sort of, even though they're rooting you on from back home, they're not here in close proximity. Um, do you communicate a lot back home, obviously with your parents, I'm sure, but with friends as well, just to kind of to have that camaraderie uh, and support? Well, actually, since I've been I've been in the states for almost uh, six years, I have pretty much more friends in the state than back home. So of course I'm connected to my parents, my family, and everything. But I have more friends here, so they can see me. So it was kind of good. Yeah, well, that's good. That's right too. I remember you said that you've been here for a few years. Um, so when you're traveling, um, obviously on the road, um, I know from talking with some of the other young ladies on the tour that they kind of buddy up a little bit. They travel uh, together, a lot of them, just to just obviously save on cost, but just to have, uh, again, that uh, camaraderie, if you will. Do you do that um, yourself? Do you buddy up with other people from time to time or all the time, or, or, or you pretty much travel by yourself? 
so I have my home car, so I'm pretty much like driving between tournaments by myself. And then if someone wants to share like the housing and everything, of course, but I don't have like a, the same person always because I did it the first time when I was on the teammate and you kind of getting bored at the end. So I was like, I don't want to do that again. So I was just, I'm just like, if someone say, oh, I need a roommate, I'm just roommate with them. Someone, I'm pretty easy, so I don't care. Yeah. Well, and and it and it goes back to what I asked you earlier. You know, even playing on the course, sometimes you know, for that to be successful, you've got to really you know, sort of gel or mesh with that individual, and you don't want to, you know, room with somebody and then just you know not really get along because that could be a very uncomfortable few days uh, at a tournament and make it you know that much more uh, difficult and and unjo- unenjoyable experience um, to to boot. Um, so as I was mentioning to you off air, uh, we were talking a little bit about the, the next event. You're currently in French Lick, Indiana, uh, getting ready to play the Donald Ross Classic uh, at the French Lick Resort. Um, now, as I mentioned to you, I've never been there, but we've had a uh, number of guests on the show, uh, some of the executives that, that work there on the show to talk about it. And uh, the Donald Ross uh, Golf Course is quite um, uh, quite a... a uh, uh, a challenging course. Now I know you haven't played. You're getting ready to, to do a practice round this morning. I haven't but played you had a chance it, but to look the way at it, I looked at, I just take a look at it. Go it ahead. seems really hard, like playing and walking, because it's really hilly. Everybody keeps saying it's it's going to be hard walking. So we'll see what it looks like. But I'm coming. I'm coming from the week off, so it's good because I'm I'm like physically rested and mentally rested. So it's kind of nice to have like hard course after the week off. Right, and it's it's definitely I can assure you. I, again, I haven't played it, but uh, my co-host Cindy Miller, uh, who plays on the Champions Tour, or sorry, the Legends Tour, pardon me, uh, which is the Senior Women's Tour, um, has played it yeah. a number of times, and uh, can re- rest assured she would tell you that it's a challenging course, but it's an interesting course, so you're going to enjoy it for sure. Um, and, and again, having those two wins, uh, the four wins and the Prasco, is is obviously going to give you lots of confidence coming in here. So. What will be your mindset going into this event? What are, what are you saying to yourself uh, this week to prepare for this golf course? I'm just going to do the same as always. Just just enjoy to be on the course and then just practice my best before the tournament. And then just do my best and see what happens. There is like, if I do my best, the rest I cannot control it. So if I'm happy with what I'm doing, that's it. I can't control anything else. Right. Right, exactly. Russ said. Now you you just mentioned obviously the tour was on a week break last week. Uh, you won actually Prasco the week before, so it's been a couple of weeks. Um, so what did you do on your week off uh, to rest up? Did you play a little golf? Did you practice at all, or did you just sort of rest completely and just you know kind of do whatever came came its way? So I slept. <laughs> I slept. I slept a lot. I rest. I work out, and then I just play. I think I play three rounds of golf, and I just like kind of enjoyed it because I was eight weeks in a row. So I didn't want to play too much golf because I know there is still a lot of golf course coming in, like still a lot of golf. But I just mostly rested and then just practiced a little bit, but not crazy. Right. Well, and I think that's good. You know, I mean, you want to enjoy uh, your time off because, as you said, you, you guys, uh, you ladies just came off a, an eight-week an eight stretch 
of uh, continual play and it's just you know tournaments back to back and uh you know obviously you had some success you know that's a pretty good uh a pretty good percentage there you won out of eight events uh or last eight weeks you've won two of the events so that obviously makes you feel a little bit extra special as well um and and i know you want to try you mentioned uh, earlier too that you want to uh certainly your goal was to get three events so that's something you're hoping to to capitalize this week correct well, not even this week, but yeah, of course I want to do it. So to can like after that, I will be able to take pretty much whenever I want to take off and everything. Right now, I'm just keep playing and then see what happens. Right. Well, obviously, yeah, you're going to go out there and give it your best shot, and and uh, you're on a course that you haven't played before, so there's going to be some challenges. But I think that you know boost of confidence that you've maintained. Uh, over the last uh, month is, is certainly going to give you somewhat of an advantage. So let's talk about, I know we, we talked about a few things last time you were on, um, and, and I won't go over the same ones this time, but one thing I do want to talk about, because you mentioned off-air um, that uh, you're going to get out and warm up a little bit. Um, how do you prioritize your, your time on the practice range? What do you, what do you spend your time on when, when you're getting ready to, to start um, around? Obviously, you don't you know, spend a lot of time, you just sort of warm up. But when you're getting ready to play your practice round, you've got a little bit more time today. What are you going to work on uh, most in order to prepare for, for the course? Uh, well, I'm going to be more focused on the on the speed for the green and then just be able, like, at the end of the day, I want, I want to have the speed for the green. So I'm mainly going to work on my uh, putting short game and everything. Yeah, well said. Um, and you obviously um, have had opportunities, particularly when you played uh, on the LPJ, uh, to play in a pro-am where you've had uh, amateur partners come in and, and uh, take advantage of playing with some of you, you professionals. Um, what are some things that you noticed that they're doing, uh, obviously that you're not doing because that's why you're where you are and they're where they are. What are some things that you've noticed, Perrin, uh, over you know the last several years as, as a touring professional um, if you were talking to some of those people now that you would advise them to do differently to help make their experience a little bit better? Uh, I just want to say the more important is is really like the short game, the putting, because you mainly have like the girls on the tour there on the LPGA, they spend at least an hour every week to get the, the speed right on the green. And if you have the speed right, it's way easier to make some putts. So I'm mainly going to work. I think the main goal for everybody is to get the speed right on the green. If you don't get the speed right, you're, you got no chance. Yeah, and, and as you know, Perrin, you know, that's where on the putting surface is where you lose a lot of strokes. I mean, many amateurs, you know, that have played uh, golf for any length of time, a lot of times they can get to, to uh, the green maybe in two or even three shots. Um, but when they get on the putting surface, suddenly they're three putting or, or worse. Um, so obviously if they can tighten that end of their game up, uh, they're probably going to get some more pars and maybe even a few birdies along the way. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'm totally agree. Um, so one other thing that I, I wanted to ask you, um, about, um, because you're going to be in a, you, you said earlier, they're going to be a practice round today, uh, out on the golf course. And again, you haven't played. What are you going to be watching? What are things that you're looking for while you're in your practice round um, that are going to help you prepare for uh, when you when you step up and actually get in the tournament? What are things that you're going to do on the practice round 
uh, or things that you're going to particularly pay attention to the most? Well, mostly uh, I'm going to work uh, today on getting all of my lines from the tee box, and then the rest I won't really pay attention. Well, I will take a look at the green and, like, what the what is the line, everything. If you miss the green, where you need to miss it and everything. But I'm mainly going to work on my uh, – I want to know tonight the speed of the green and every time where is my uh, aiming from the tee box. Yeah, um, and that, that's some great advice because um, – and that really falls into preparation. You know, this is another area I, I think you would agree with that a lot of amateurs don't do very well is they don't prepare uh, to, to play uh, whatever tournament, whether it's a, a, a charity event or whether there's, it's their club championship uh, or even just a friendly practice round. They don't prepare very well, and they get out there, and they're just sort of willy-nilly hitting it wherever the, the ball happens to go. Um, so obviously that's something that they can learn from uh, players like yourself is really how to better prepare when they get out on the golf course. Um, what are some things, uh, some areas that challenge you the most out in the golf course? What are what are some shots or areas of your green, uh, green game, excuse me, that particularly challenge you the most? Well, I want to say I'm a, I'm a player to mostly hit in a draw, so when, when we need to hit a fade, it's kind of hard, but I'll try. I'm still working on that with my coach. So we're still working on that, and that's one of my goals for next year. Right. I just um, want to be able to hit pretty much every shot. I know it's hard for me to get a fade because it's not like something I can – I've always been playing in a draw, but it's something I really want to have that kind of shot in my, in my back. Right. Yeah, and I think that's a good idea. Let me ask you um, just another question here about that. Um, a lot of players have a particular shot or even a particular club in their bag, um, sort of their go-to in, in moments where uh, they might be faced with some difficult challenges. Do you have uh, a particular shot or a particular club in your bag that you really um, not necessarily rely on, but gives you extra confidence because you can work the ball really well with that? Uh, and if so, what is it? Uh, yeah, it's the driver. I've been pretty confident with my driver driving, so I hit it like if I had the the choice to hit the driver or the three-wood, for me it would be driver every day because I have way more confidence in the driver than the three-wood. Right. And, and that's important, you know, um, because if you're not – confidence with your driver then obviously you know you might have to step down to your three wood or or even uh you know another club to uh to um you know give you that uh advantage um so when you go out uh this week what's going to be uh essentially your game plan you're going to have a practice round today uh and and going to get a feel for the course now but when you get ready to tee it up a little bit later this week uh, what's what's going to be going through your mind? What are you going to be focusing on um, to to get started to to get a good start in the round? Uh, uh, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do what I'm doing always. So just just try my best and then just make sure like because I want to take a look at the course. But if the course, by the way, everybody's talking, the course is pretty hard. So just like be patient. And just accept it. Like if you had like a shot and you end up like having a long pitch shot, third shot, or whatever, just 
just accept it because I think mostly on this course we ne we're gonna need to be patient. The way everybody keeps saying it, we're gonna need to be patient because it's pretty hard course. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely gonna be challenging, but I think that um, you know, as I said earlier, uh, you're coming into uh, with a lot of confidence and and reassurance in your game. You obviously know that you uh, have the ability to to close the deal, if it were. And uh, I think that uh, you'll do very, very well. Well, Perrin, I want to thank you for joining me. I, I said that I was going to let you go a few minutes early this morning because you want to get out and chance to, to sort of warm up before you, you tee it up at 10 o'clock. So, uh, again, congratulations on both your wins in June uh, and particularly the uh, last win, the Prasco Charity Championship. And good luck this week at the Donald Ross Classic in French Lick, Indiana, at the Donald Ross uh, Resort, uh, or sorry, the French Lick uh, Resort. Uh, good luck this week, Thank and you. Uh, if you win, uh, yeah, if you win, you'll be back on the show in a couple of weeks as the as the winner again. So good luck and and have a great time. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, guys. Have a good day. All right. All right. Bye bye. All right. That was uh, my special guest this morning, Perrin Delacour. Uh, from France, uh, winning uh, two uh, times this year on uh, the Symmetra Tour. Uh, first, as I mentioned, being the Four Winds Invitational uh, early part of June, and then just towards the end of the month, uh, barely a month uh, apart, uh, she won her second uh, professional uh, win at the Prasco Charity Championship. And uh, looking to uh, possibly uh, make it number three this week, at uh, the French Lick uh, Resort in French Lick, Indiana, uh, July 11th to the 3rd at the uh, Donald Ross Classic and uh, playing uh, the Donald Ross course, which she mentioned uh, uh, a number of times is, is going to be a difficult challenge uh, for the ladies this week. It's uh, quite hilly, uh, as Cindy has attested to over the years and uh, here on the show and as some of the uh, uh, the guests that we've had from the French Lick Resort uh, can can concur that it's going to be some challenges. So the young ladies have got uh, a battle on their hands, but I know that uh, they're going to uh, uh, come through. And obviously, ultimately, there's going to be just one winner. But uh, uh, good luck to all the ladies uh, this week on the Smetter Tour. Um, I'm going to talk uh, a little bit here in just a moment uh, about uh, some quick tips to help uh, with your next golf outing uh, here in just a moment. And actually, I asked a, a few questions here to uh, Perrin just to sort of uh, open up the door, if you will. But before, uh, before I do that, I want to play a special uh, promotional clip uh, that Cindy has put together here. And uh, for those of you uh, that uh, are uh, business executives that are looking to uh, maybe include golf uh, in your uh, repertoire of skills, um, here's a great way to do that. Uh, so listen to Cindy. Everyone knows business deals are made on the golf course, Knowing how to act is just as important as how you hit it. As an LPGA professional and corporate trainer, I offer workshops, seminars, and executive retreats to teach you how to do both. From the back nine to the boardroom, improve your team from the inside out, or Golf 101 for executives might be the perfect fit for your team. Maybe it's time to make some deals on the course. For more information, go to cindymillerinc.com. All right. Uh, again, so for those of you uh, in the business world, uh, whether you're working for a, a company uh, or you own your own business, um, golf is a valuable, valuable business tool. Uh, it's also not only a great game to have some fun at, uh, but a lot of business deals get done on the golf course uh, just because it's a very uh, inviting environment. 
and uh, Cindy is one of the best in the business that can help uh, sort of uh, mesh that together for you. So definitely reach out to Cindy uh, at any time. Uh, her email is Cindy, um, CindyMillerInc.com is the best way to reach her, Cindy at CindyMillerInc.com. Um, all right, so I want to talk to you uh, a little bit uh, here in the final moments uh, about some quick tips, if you will, to help your next golf outing. So I'm just going to go through uh, a few of them here. And as I mentioned, I talked a little bit uh, in, in a roundabout way with Corinne here, my uh, guest that uh, was uh, just joining me here. She won the Prasco Charity Championship on the Symmetra Tour just a couple of weeks ago. And I wanted to get some of her thoughts. Um, so here's some things. If you're getting ready to play uh, uh, an important round for you, maybe it's, your, again, your club championship, uh, or maybe you're getting ready to, uh, you know, play in, into some sort of a charity event or, or just any event, really. Um, some things that you might want to consider doing. And first and foremost, uh, you want to get familiar with the golf course. So if you're not going to get a chance to play the golf course before the event, uh, maybe it's not your club championship, you're, you've been invited out to a corporate event of some kind, and you want to uh, um, you know, get familiar with the course, but you're not actually going to be there uh, maybe for a few weeks, uh, and it's not in close proximity where you are, um, how can you do that? Well, most golf courses nowadays uh, have an online presence, so you can go visit their website, and uh, m many of the courses, if not all of them now, uh, will actually allow you to uh, examine the golf course. Uh, some of them have some very uh, good aerial footage, uh, photos, and things like that, so you can get a look at what the course looks like uh, hole by hole. Uh, or you can open up, most of them, you can open up their scorecard and they'll have something similar online uh, where you can actually uh, view uh, an animated version, if you will, uh, of each hole. So you can kind of get an idea, a lay of the land, if you will. And that's kind of what Pramin talked about. You know, that's what she's going to do during the practice round is sort of line up where she wants to hit her tee shots and get an idea of, of uh, what the greens are going to look like in that. And obviously, um, you're not going to be able to test the speed uh, of those greens and things like that until you actually get out to the golf course. But preparation uh, is something that is in incredibly important to play your best golf. And I think if you uh, go online to whatever course that you're going to be playing at, um, and even if it's your home course, sometimes you can get on and go through hole by hole and just kind of take a look and say, okay, there's trees, there's bunkers here, uh, maybe there's uh, a lateral water hazard, what have you. Um, um, and, and just examining each hole and kind of come up with a, a game plan. And that goes into really uh, sort of planning ahead of strategy. So you want to look and say, okay, I know that there's trouble over on this side of the, the hole, so I want to guard against that and I want to play, uh, let's say, on your first hole. Maybe you've got some, uh, a fairway bunker or you've got some water on the right-hand side of the, the, uh, uh, the hole, uh, and it's going to affect where you tee the ball. So. Um, you want to play maybe to the left side of the fairway a little bit and, and uh, ensure that uh, you're not going to fall into uh, uh, water uh, or get into a bunker uh, that's maybe going to give you some, some trouble as well. So planning a good strategy is something as well in addition to getting familiar with the golf course. Now, obviously, if you're somebody um, that's playing your club championship and you play uh, your golf course fairly well, you may already be familiar with that, but it's still a good idea to plan a strategy um, when you're getting out for any special event that might be uh, uh, happening at the, at the course, uh, just to get an idea. Even if you're playing in a best ball uh, format where you're, uh, you know, you've got partners that uh, can help out, it's still good to have a, a strategy. Think about this, for example. Uh, maybe like Perrin, you're very good 
uh, striker of the ball uh, with your driver. So you might be want to be somebody that uh, hits a lot of the tee shots in a, in a best ball format uh, or scramble format. Uh, obviously, uh, you can use a lot of your drives. Maybe in your group, you're the best driver of the ball. So that's something that's going to play uh, to your advantage. So those are things that you want to think about um, ahead of time. The other thing that you might want to do as well is uh, to tune up with your uh, local golf professional. Again, if you belong or a member of a club, uh, obviously you want to contact your, your pro and and uh, maybe you're already in uh, taking some lessons, uh, weekly lessons or bi-weekly lessons, what have you. Uh, but maybe if you haven't done that, let's get a tune-up. Let's take a look and, and assess your game, where it's at. Uh, obviously, you don't want to make any major swing changes at this point um, because you don't want to you know, get in there and do uh, a major overhaul right before you're about to play a tournament because it's going to be disastrous. But there might be some little tweaks here and there that can uh, only am amplify uh, the good game that you've already got, uh, or maybe some things um, that you're not noticing that you're doing that are, again, very, very subtle. Uh, maybe it's a, as much as uh, alignment. Uh, maybe your alignment's been a little bit off, and that's why the putts are kind of uh, not going into the hole as, as frequently as you'd like. Uh, uh, or maybe, you know, when you're teeing up off the tee uh, or even your approach shots to the green, uh, again, maybe your alignment's off a little bit, and that's why you're missing more greens, or you're not getting the ball into the fairway, and you're hitting it into the woods, or what have you. Um, and it may not necessarily be that the, the shots that you're hitting are bad, but your alignment might be off. So these are things that your coach uh, or your teacher professional can, uh, with his, ex, his or her extra set of eyes, can help you uh, really look at. Um, the other thing as well, and this is something that a lot of people uh, miss the boat on, uh, and, and again, I'm going to use uh, my earlier guest, Perrin, as an example. Uh, she's playing in a practice round. She's, in fact, teeing off here in just uh, about 30 minutes. Um, and she wants to make sure that she's at the course early enough to get in some practice time. Now, she's not going to get into a full-blown practice session like she would with her golf coach or, or uh, a professional, uh, but she's going to warm up. Um, some things that she talked about is uh, she's going to spend uh, a good amount of that time on the green, uh, on the practice green, uh, gauging the speed of the greens. Uh, that's a great way to do it. Get out and hit some putts. Don't just hit, you know, uh, three-foot putts uh, to see if you're going to make it or not. Uh, hit some lag putts, uh, you know, uh, 10, 20, 30 feet away. Um, and, and just to get an idea, gauge the, the speed of the greens, how fast they are, um, how much break uh, you can expect in some of these greens. Um, you know, are they running slow? Uh, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of different things um, that you can do uh, by arriving at the golf course a little bit earlier uh, to get in some practice time before you actually play in your event. The other thing as well um, is you want to have a good warm-up routine. Um, don't just you know grab your clubs and, and lace up your shoe, your golf shoes, and get out there and start hitting balls. You want to warm up a little bit. Uh, your muscles aren't as warm as you think they are. Uh, you want to get out and do some stretches first uh, when you first get out of the car. Uh, stretch a little bit. Uh, you know if you're uh, on a golf cart, and maybe you're getting ready to play uh, a practice round yourself uh, or just to play uh, a round, um, get out there, and there's a lot of great stretches that you can do. And, again, your golf professional can maybe show you some very, very effective stretching and, and uh, warm-up uh, routine, if you will, uh, just to get prepared for your round. And other parts of the warm-up routine, as well as I mentioned, is what you do in your practice session. Uh, again, don't just you know, rake and hit balls like a lot of people do. Uh, one of the things that we see quite often is people will just dump out a bucket of balls and they'll just start hitting them out in the range and they're not really uh, practicing with any sort of purpose. So you want to make sure 
that um, you're picking targets. Uh, think about the, the golf course. Again, if you've played it before, visualize some of the holes that you might be playing. So, for instance, if you're uh, on the first tee, uh, go on a part of the range that can help mimic some of the holes. Uh, most good golf courses have multiple targets out there. So just imagine, uh, you know, create a, an imaginary fairway out there and say, okay, here, I need to position my ball on the left-hand side. So you want to, again, uh, aim on that left side of that imaginary fairway that you've, you've now created uh, out in the practice tee and, uh, and practice hitting a few shots to that target. Um, then maybe what you might want to do is imagine that you're now in the fairway and uh, you've got a, a second shot or approach shot to uh, a green. So, you know, pick one of the greens or the targets that are out there and imagine that's the green that you're aiming for and figure out, okay, how do I want to approach this? Uh, is, is the pin going to be, you know, in the back? Is it in the front? So you might want to try a variety of, of different shots there. You might want to hit one where the ball just lands right in the center because the pin's cut maybe further in the back. If the pin's cut a little bit close and the, the green is, is fairly open and there's no trouble in front, you might want to hit it a little bit short of the green and let it bounce on uh, if the pin's up close to the front. So there's a lot of different things <clears throat> excuse me, that you can practice uh, on the, um, the, in your warm-up routines uh, and in your practice sessions that can really help when you get out to those events. So you want to take advantage of that and don't just, you know, come racing up the, the into the parking lot, you know, 10 minutes before you're about ready to tee off for your round and then, you know, get two or three golf balls out on the practice tee and, and hit them and think, well, okay, or maybe, you know, practice one or two putts and then get out there and wonder why your, your round uh, doesn't do well. And even again, if you're playing in a, in a scramble format or a best ball format, um, and you've got partners to rely on, they're relying on you too, and they expect you to bring your best to that event. So, uh, and you're going to have more fun, I think, if you do that as well. The other thing is uh, that you want to consider, we already mentioned about the speed of the greens. That's obviously uh, something that you want to pay particular attention to, um, but know your limitations. Um, you know what your limits are. You've been practicing. You've been playing for uh, maybe a number of years and uh, you know what you can and cannot do. Don't try to pull off the hero shot because you saw um, somebody on TV, one of the pros on TV, hit this miraculous flop shot that, you know, went, uh, you know, 30, 40 feet in the air and, you know, trickled softly onto the green and rolled up and nestled up beside the pin. Um, if that's not in your wheelhouse, if that's not a shot that you're confident you can hit every time or majority of the time, that's not a shot that you want to do. So, Understanding and knowing your limitations, again, is going to make it a much more pleasurable uh, experience. And uh, that also uh, falls into the next uh, topic, and that is playing to your strengths. So knowing what your strengths are. Again, as I mentioned earlier, maybe you're a good uh, striker of the ball off the tee. Maybe your driver, uh, much like uh, Perrin, our, our earlier guest, um, relies uh, quite a bit on her driver to set herself up uh, for each hole. So if that's you, um, then that's a strength to you. If you're not such a good putter, well, that's something that you might want to work on in your warm-up routine, in your practice session. But if that's not your strength, then you want to focus on your strength. And again, if you're playing in a format that you're able to rely on partners to help out, you want, might want to suggest when you guys get there, uh, if you've never played together before, um, that somebody that who uh, in the group whose putting is a strong part of their game, that's the person that you guys are going to rely a little bit more heavily on, uh, just as they're going to rely on you on, on your part of the game. So 
understanding and knowing and playing to your strengths are going to make it a much more enjoyable experience um, out in the golf course. Um, something else, too, that uh, I think that you want to do uh, is you want to keep stats for future reference. So whenever possible, um, even when you're playing on that imaginary practice round on the uh, driving range, uh, you can kind of keep stats. So, for instance, again, going back to some of the scenarios I gave, if you're, uh, you've created an imaginary fairway and you're trying to position the ball in certain areas, hit five to ten shots uh, for each scenario and then gauge how many of them landed in that target area that you picked. So if you're uh, looking at the left-hand side of the fairway and you've hit uh, you know, 10 decent drives but only five of them landed in that area, then mark that five down so that you know that 50% of the time you're able to get the ball into the position that you want. So you can do one of two things. You can either try something different to increase that percentage. In other words, maybe uh, you know, if the driver uh, you're pretty good at, but you're still only hitting 50%, it's not bad. I'm not trying to say it isn't. But you know, if you want to increase that percent, uh, percentage, uh, maybe you want, might want to try teeing off with your three-wood. Maybe that uh, is going to be a little bit more of an accurate club for you, or maybe even a hybrid club. And if you can now get it up to 60 or 70% of the time, that's going to be a big advantage in your in your round. So uh, again, keeping those stats are vital. Same thing on the putting surface. If you get on the putting surface and you're, you know, maybe hitting 20-foot lag putts, um, and you obviously you're trying to get them into the hole, um, but uh, you know you might want to create a, a two or three foot circle uh, around the hole as uh, your overall uh, um, target, if you will. Obviously, again, you're, you're aiming for the hole. But if the ball lands, uh, you know, rolls into that two or three foot circle, um, then you can mark that down. Okay, I'm getting it within that three foot putt or two foot putt range um, 40, 50, 60% of the time. Keep track of those stats. Um, same thing uh, with some of your other stats as well, you know, chipping and pitching. You know, if you're pitching to, on the, on the practice tee, if you're uh, pitching to uh, a short green that's out in the range, um, how many times are, are you landing out of, say, 10 or, or 12 shots? How many times are you landing on that uh, practice screen? Um, mark that down as well. And having and knowing those statistics can make a big difference when you're playing those rounds. So um, keeping your stats for future reference is always good, and it's great, too, for the next time that you're meeting with, uh, meeting with your, your teach professional or, or uh, golf coach uh, to have some of that statistical information uh, together that you guys can review it uh, and talk about it and say, okay, here's some areas that we need to improve on. And that also uh, allows him or her uh, to be able to gauge and, and put together an effective uh, plan for you, uh, a plan of attack, if you will, on how to handle uh, certain areas of your golf game. Obviously, if you've got a very high percentage of um, greens and regulation, in other words, approach shots to the green, that may be not an area that you need to spend a lot of your practice time uh, or your teaching time with, um, whereas maybe if, you're, if your driver's letting you down uh, or your putter's letting you down, those are areas that he or she can work uh, with you a little bit more diligently uh, throughout the season. So, uh, again, keeping those stats for future reference. Um, and the last two uh, are, are really, I think, crucial as well. Uh, obviously, we want to play well when we're out there. Uh, we want to be able to bring our best game regardless of what event we might be uh, playing in, whether it's for fun or a club championship. Um, but you want to feel relaxed and reduce stress. And some great ways to do that is obviously exercise. Uh, again, you know, we're not getting into powerlifting here, 
Um, maybe you might uh, try some yoga. Uh, a lot of people uh, use yoga as a great way to uh, de-stress and relax. It's also good for, for stretching and for um, toning up uh, you know, a lot of the, the core muscles that uh, you're going to be using in golf. Uh, also some deep breathing exercise as well, breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth, uh, sometimes before a round, just uh, relaxing and getting a, a calmness because stress uh, and anxiety can, can really uh, affect your game out there. It tenses, uh, tenses up a lot of the muscles and uh, you get out there and you know, if you're not relaxed and you're stressed or nervous about the round uh, because you don't feel that uh, you're, you're, you've got your best game there, um, you know, that's going to creep into the event as well. And uh, see, you're, you're there primarily, and the last one I'm going to talk about, of course, is having fun. You're there to have fun. Uh, that's the whole point. You know, it, the, the world is not going to end if you play poorly. Um, but if you play poorly because not your game itself or because you didn't prepare or practice, but it just sometimes that's the way the winds blow, if, as it were, um, sometimes that's going to happen. Sometimes you're not going to be able to play your best. But if it's because the, you're not relaxing and you're, you're, you're not reducing the stress uh, or anxiety that you're bringing to the golf course because you haven't prepared properly, um, that is going to affect uh, future rounds as well because that's going to combat uh, and continue. Um, so you want to find ways. And these are things that you can work with a, a coach, uh, not necessarily your swing coach, uh, but maybe you might want to uh, go to – uh, the gym or uh, to another uh, training facility that offers, uh, again, yoga or things like that, that offer some of these uh, ways to, to not only work out, but to um, create different techniques in that that will help you uh, through some of these uh, anxieties and things like that. And, and also um, your mental state. You know, again, you may not be uh, the best player in the world. Um, that's just a, a cold, hard reality. Uh, but if you do some of the things that we that I talk about here uh, this morning, you know, getting familiar with the course, uh, planning a strategy, uh, tuning up with with your local professional a few weeks outside of the event, arrive early uh, and get some practice in, um, create a, an effective warm-up routine, test the speed of the greens when you're out there, um, understanding and knowing your limitations, playing to your strengths, not your your playing partner's strengths. Uh, keeping stats uh, for future reference and learning to relax and reduce stress uh, through various types of exercising uh, and obviously having fun. If you do a lot of these things, then the last one, having fun, is just going to come naturally. Um, don't worry about your other players. Obviously, if you're playing in a group, you want to encourage and you want to uplift everyone and, and, uh, and help them uh, overcome some of their anxieties and stress. But you're there to have fun. You're there to obviously compete a little bit uh, depending on the event. Um, but you're also there primarily to have fun. And if you do that, uh, it's going to be a much more enjoyable experience. You're going to want to continue and, and create new uh, experiences uh, and memories, if you will. Um, so doing some of those quick tips, if you will, uh, they don't take a lot of time, uh, take a little bit of thought and a little bit of preparation. But if you do that, I can guarantee you that you'll have a much more enjoyable and pleasurable uh, outing. And uh, uh, again, uh, working with a, a great uh, professional and other professionals in in uh, in the, the game, they will be able to help with some of these areas particularly. And um, you know they can put together uh, some great warm-up routines that you can use that will help complement your game. Uh, and they can also help you uh, know what to uh, to do in pressure situations as well. 
Um, obviously, um, there are a variety of different situations that may come your way throughout uh, around, but knowing how to handle it and how to recover from a bad shot, let's say, as an example, um, can make a world of difference. Um, just remember, the only good shot is the one you're getting ready to hit now. What's happened in the past is the past. You can't change that. You can only change your mindset going into the future. So if you've had a bad shot, let it go. Focus on the shot that's currently at hand and decide and make a decision on what you need to do given that circumstance, whether it's a recovery shot or whether you're going for it. Um, that's what you focus on. Don't focus on what's already happened because you can't change it anyways. All right, I want to thank everybody for joining me this morning. Uh, again, uh, just a re quick reminder, uh, we will not be doing a show next week. I'm going to be away on holiday, uh, but we will be back the following week, and we will have the winner, uh, hopefully, of the Donald Ross Classic that's currently uh, getting ready to play at the uh, French Lick uh, Resort in French Lick, Indiana uh, this week. So uh, good luck to all the ladies. And again, I want to uh, say a special thank you to uh, my guest this morning, Perrin Delacour, uh, winner of the uh, Symmetric Tourist Prasco Charity Championship a couple of weeks ago. And uh, good luck, uh, Perrin, this week uh, at the event, and good luck uh, to all of the ladies. And uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you guys the next time here on the Women of Golf Show. God bless everybody, and have a great week. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.